Thank you for tuning in. Please like, turn on notifications, subscribe, or share. Want to be a guest? Email podcast at tricountyareachamber.com. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Chamber Chat Live. Happy Monday to everyone watching us and joining us today. Up on the screen, as we have done at the beginning of every show, a huge thank you and recognition that is greatly deserved to our mission and vision partners, our MVPs, helping us make it through January to June of 2021 with their support continuing to push out programs and services that meet the mission and the vision of this organization, as well as provide the products and services that our businesses need to succeed. So again, just a special thank you to our mission and vision partners, our MVPs. For my president's message today, I want to take a moment and thank the entire membership. Uh, the MVPs are obviously doing a little bit more for us, but just businesses being a member of this organization shows their support. And one of the things that we do is encourage our businesses to advertise their support of this organization. There was a study a couple of years ago that really showed that consumers, if they knew a business was part of a member organization like a Chamber of Commerce, they were more likely to come back and support that business again. They were more likely to refer that business. So we provide membership plaques and window decals for all of our chamber members, and we encourage them to put them on display so that any business or any individual or consumer coming into your business knows that you are a member and support an organization like ours. So again, we've spent a lot of time at the beginning of the show recognizing these MVPs, but I do wanna just uh, put out there a thank you to every member of this organization because without the support of all of the members, all 450 of them, we wouldn't be able to do the work that we do. So if you are a member and you are listening, thank you so much. Uh, we appreciate your support. I also just wanted to take a moment uh, and recognize another way for people to use their membership, and that is to be the bridge. Uh, we have an article that we use that talks about telling your story as well. Uh, being a member provides you access to information. We put out a bi-weekly email called Live Workshop Tri-County. It talks about things like upcoming community events, uh, job postings. It uh, does. We post the press releases that chamber member organizations have uh, shared with us telling their news. So if you uh, have access to that email, you can take a look at that information and you can kind of be the all-knowing person uh, that your, your contacts come to when they wanna find out more information about things. And you can actually text to 22828-LWS-TRI-COUNTY and we will add you to the email list so that you can always be aware of that information. And that is an opportunity that's open to non-members. So that's my president's from the president's desk report for today. And I am very uh, excited to bring in a new friend. Uh, we have a female business. As you know, we've been focusing on female business owners during this Women's History Month. And it's my pleasure to introduce Jessica Ziegler, Jessica Ziegler Sealar from Village Architecture and Preservation. And I was all prepared, Jessica, and then I go and stumble over it anyway. <laughs> I was trying to make Sealar into Ziggler and 
just a good solid German so I'm so excited to have you Jessica I know uh, we've been talking about you come on as a guest for quite some time and you know I have gotten to know you over the last couple of months through our reach programming but uh, you're fairly new to our organization a couple of years ago when we actually merged and took on uh, members of another membership organization, the Building and, in Building and Industries Exchange that existed here in Pottstown. So I'm so glad that we were able to have you come over uh, and be a member of the chamber and stay a member of the chamber since that merger. So uh, it's been exciting to have you uh, and have your perspective, um, you know, on what your role kind of or what your participation was there and you know what we look like within our organization uh, you know so it's been it's been exciting so i'm glad you're able to join us today so we will start off with the basics so tell us a little bit about yourself well the nutshell version is uh, first of all i want to thank you <laughs> for having me here um as you said we've been talking about this for a while and I appreciate the opportunity to chat with friendly faces and you know strong and competent women besides it's really neat to be able to celebrate you know women's history month in this way so thank you and also my thoughts are going out to everybody in the borough dealing with the power and water <laughs> issues I'm sorry that just is a lingering issue I know it's been a tough week <laughs> yes it has been yeah. for sure it has been yeah. interesting yeah <laughs> So, uh, yeah, my name is Jessica Ziegler Sealar. I am a registered architect and the uh, founder and sole proprietor of Village Architecture and Preservation. I provide design and documentation services for all sorts of residential additions, renovations, new construction, commercial fit outs, commercial church and school ADA upgrades and code compliance upgrades and also condition assessment reports and repair recommendations for historic properties. I am located in Berks County currently, and uh, as of November of this year, I'll be celebrating my 10 year anniversary in business. That's awesome, congratulations, that's fantastic. So, you know, here we are in Women's History Month, you are in, I, uh, I would say, probably hasn't changed that much, predominantly male-oriented industry. So what what kind of directed you, motivated you to go the path of architecture? Well, that's a longer story. <laughs> um, you know, I decided probably by the time I was 14 that I wanted to be an architect. Um, I was always an artistic kid. I took art classes at Andal Studios at uh, oh, local. Yes. Uh, when I was a kid, um, I was very much into artwork and creative projects. And um, my father, who you know, Tom Ziegler, is a structural yes. engineer. So um, I was very fortunate at an early age to have some really special mentors and role models that were very uh, interested in my success, one of whom was my father. And as really, as soon as I was old enough to work, I started working in his office. He gave me um, jobs in administrative work. I was doing some graphic design for him. I was doing um, drawings. He showed me how to how to use CAD. I started doing CAD drawings. He took me out in the field. I helped him with some field surveys. And so that was very, very exciting for me that I could kind of combine 
my creative side uh, with something more tangible and realistic, you know, something that was that was real that could happen. And uh, so I learned a lot from him. I'm just, you know, so thankful that we have a great working relationship. Even to this day, we work together almost on a daily basis, which is very exciting. Uh, I also had uh, a church friend, uh, Dick Franz, who you also know, he's an architect in town, who kind of took me under his wing and um, was very kind in taking me to some project meetings. Uh, he taught me some of this very simple tasks of architecture that you don't think about, like how to roll up drawings, how to write upside down. Did you know to be an architect, you should really know how to write upside down. So uh, he taught me some of those things, which you know was really nice. Uh, and I just kind of really fell in love with the profession. So fast forward, I went to Penn State Architecture School. It was a five-year program. Uh, there I met my future husband, a fellow architect, Mike. Okay. And um, that was fun. And I took some classes in early Pennsylvania architecture and history. I spent a semester in Rome and um, was fortunate enough to get an internship during the summers and over Christmas break, thanks to uh, the pastors at my church at the time. Uh, that really helped me grow and learn a lot. And I worked my tail off in college, I really did. Um, architecture school is not easy by any means. And as you said, it is, was, and still is, I would say, a male-dominated profession. Before I went to school, I didn't know any female architects. We didn't have the internet at that time. You know, right. when I was a kid, I couldn't look it up. There was no Google. Right. <laughs> so um, I was lucky that I had uh, even male role models that uh, still uh, did not hold me back or you know think less of me because of my gender. So uh, worked through college, got my dream job after school. I worked in exclusively historic preservation for 11 years in Westchester, and then uh, recession hit. <laughs> that was hard on everybody, and especially you know the design field. Um, people were just kind of not doing any building projects at all. But due to my personal circumstances at the time, I decided that that was the time that I was going to start a business, and so I did. And at that time, we were living in Lionville in the Exton area. And uh, we were in the historic village of Lionville. Our, our house was in a national registered district. And so that's where the name Village Architecture and Preservation okay. Now I'm in a different village, Carnarvon Township. So <laughs> <laughs> kind of the same feel for my office. Um, but yeah, so it's it's been a great run. So um, I've been really lucky to have some really great projects, although I worked exclusively in preservation at my previous job, currently I work in all sorts of buildings and I love the challenge of working in existing buildings and uh, documenting what's there and um, designing what they can become and working with clients to figure out what they need. And so work is just great. Love it. What preservation is a very specific area. So what directed you or uh, what was the passion behind getting into preservation, especially spending 11 years doing it as a specific profession? That's, you know, a big commitment. So what direct, what just pulled you to that, that piece? Well, it's funny. Um, you know, my mom tells a story of how we went to the Scottish parade in Alexandria, Virginia, when I was a kid and we walked the streets 
in historic mm -hmm. Alexandria, saw the cobblestone roads and you know all of the beautiful historic fabric there in town. And that really, I guess, is what got me hooked on mm -hmm. preservation. Um, I've just always kind of had an affinity for, um, you know, places with character and right. uniqueness. So I think that probably is what did it. Well, and I think there's, it's, it's really cool because there's so many, I think, you know, right here in downtown Pottstown, uh, you know, the historic architecture and, you know, Chester County with its history, you know, and Burks, I think in this entire area, you know, there is a lot of that and there are a lot of buildings that, uh, you know, and even um, just locations, you know, that people have chosen to restore, you know, so it may not be a business or, you know, but historic places that, you know, people have put the time and energy and the volunteer hours into just keeping those things as solid structures, you know, to support the community and just the story of the region. That's very yeah. true. And, you know, a property does not need to be listed on the National Register to be significant to a community or to a person or to a region. Um, so, yeah, I, I really appreciate uh, and, and you're right about downtown Pottstown. There are so many wonderful historic properties downtown and I've you know been privileged to be able to work in some of them. Um, but, yeah, I, it's it's a really special thing and it's a labor of love. Right. To take on uh, restoration or rehabilitation, adaptive reuse of a historic property. My husband and I know that firsthand. Our first house in Lionville was a 200-year-old uh, house. It was beautiful. It was built by a cabinet maker originally. So, uh, you know, there are neat building cabinets and uh, lots of neat moldings around the windows, but it needed help. I mean, right. you know, th there were issues. The stairs were falling off the wall at one point. We had to stabilize them. And now we're in a uh, house. It was a, a one-room schoolhouse originally. Okay. It was converted into a residence in the 50s. And, um, you know, it's it's been taken care of, but it needs help too. And we have been doing some, you know, pretty major renovation projects here just to keep it stable and weather tight. And um, it, it takes work and energy and well, I don't I don't claim to know, you know, as much about what you're talking about, obviously, but I do watch HGTV. So <laughs> I have my own share of information. <laughs> they, make, they say it is I was gonna say they make everything look so easy. They make they really do. And I'm sure it is not that easy. So you mentioned doing some work in some buildings in Pottstown. Let's talk a little bit about the work. So what should somebody, someone who's going to reach out to an architect, what should they know about reaching out to you, your services? When should they come to someone like you? Sure, it, it really helps to talk to an architect very early in the process. Um, some people like to get a contractor on board first, that's fine. Um, I always advise you talk to your township about what you're trying to do. Um, you know, most municipalities in Pennsylvania follow the International Building Code, but each township has its own right. special code requirements, particularly related to zoning, building use, parking, building setbacks, all of those things. It's a lot of technical issues that a lot of property owners don't understand. And so, you know, it's always good to talk to your township early, but then, you know, get a hold of some architects and see you know, what their experience is with your particular type of project. 
Um, you know, I have thankfully been able to work in all kinds of residential projects, but also I've done, you know, salons, spas, restaurants, chiropractor's offices, uh, counselor's offices, hazardous materials, storage facilities. I mean, mm -hmm. name the type of project I've probably worked on. So that's been for me. But what you want from your architect is that they will guide you through the process and they will get on board with you very, very early on. So the first thing that I do with a client is we have a phone conversation about, you know, what they're trying to accomplish. And then we schedule a uh, walkthrough of the property. I don't like to write a proposal for a project unless I've seen the property firsthand because it's surprising how often, I mean, it's not surprising to me now, but um, you'd be surprised how often there are aspects of the project that um, don't come out in a phone conversation. Mm -hmm. And it's not because I'm trying to expand your project, it's that in the course of more detailed conversation and looking at particular features of a property, um, you know, the property owner might say, oh yeah, you know, I have been thinking that you know, I should probably do this at some point. Can we incorporate that or can we plan for that in the future? And so I really want to understand the property owner's needs short term and also long term. I always tell my clients, I don't like to be the architect who designs band-aid fixes. I like to help people plan for long-term use of their property, even if, um, you know, it's a phased project. And maybe, you know, the next phase isn't done until 10 years down the road. I don't want our project completed now right. to be one that becomes obsolete and useless. I don't ever want my work to be looked at as, why on earth did we do that? That doesn't make any sense. So I try to understand from the front end, you know, what my clients are trying to accomplish, how I can help them for both short-term use and long-term use. And then just walk them through the design phase, the steps that it takes to get from existing <laughs> conditions plans to permit approval. And it is a process. Certainly I've had clients who, you know, want a project done just like that. They're like, I don't care about design. I don't want a pretty, I just want the seal. You know, that's fine. I can do that too. But um, most property owners have been thinking about their project for a while and they're emotionally invested and I want it to be a good experience for them. No, and I think all of that makes sense. You know, I think when you go for uh, a project, it's like anything that you're trying to achieve and creating those goals. So I would think it's a lot easier for you to not have your level or your piece of the project at that point in time impact or like you said, nullify what somebody's going to do a couple of years later you know, what's the point of making that investment? So, you know, I can see where your knowledge and your expertise of, okay, well, this is what your big picture, the whole vision looks like, you know, and someone like you and your profession can, you know, break it out so that it all makes sense and will flow together with somebody's ultimate, you know, intention. So it makes That's sense. Right. That's right. <laughs> Master planning typically looked at as more of a commercial type. Of right, sure. But, you know, there's no reason why you can't put, you know, even a very basic master plan together for your house. You know, you know, maybe you want to add a sunroom now. Maybe you want to, you know, add a second floor some other time. Maybe you want to, you know, expand your back deck. It, 
there's, of course, you know, the options are limitless, but you don't have to do every part of your project at the same time. And people have budgets. For sure. I have budgets. <laughs> we all have budgets. Agreed. Right? <laughs> um, so unless we all win the lottery, there's no guarantee that we can all complete every project we want for our house or our, you know, business at the same, at one time. So, right. um, you know, I'm happy to work with all, all of my clients on laying out, you know, their goals for tomorrow and next year and five years from now and 10 years from now. Well, thank you uh, for answering my questions. I'm going to turn it over to Danielle, who's going to ask you a couple more before we close out today's show. Danielle. Thank you again, Jessica, for joining us today. You have a great story. Um, I'd love to hear, going back to when you decided to start your own business, what was it like, you know, leaving your previous job and getting yourself established? Was that challenging? Did the connections you already have from your job make it a little bit easier to sort of get established? What was that like for you? That's a really interesting question. Um, yeah, it, it was hard. Um, and I mentioned my personal circumstances. Well, one of my personal circumstances was that I was five months pregnant when <laughs> I they closed my old office. So um, here I was looking at starting my own business and I was going to be on maternity leave very shortly. Um, I didn't have an office in our house. I started out working off the kitchen table with all of the like baby food, oatmeal, you know, crusted on yeah. the table and trying to avoid juice spills on my drawings. Um, I moved to a computer desk in the laundry room at some point. That was a big deal. And then I actually got a real desk in the corner of the living room. That was huge. Felt like a real professional. At that point. Uh, so, yeah, it was hard. I mean, I had, I had kids coming down in the middle of the night. I was working every hour I could possibly stay awake uh, because I was taking care of kids at home and starting this business at the same time. So it was really, really hard. Um, but, you know, I, I have kept in touch with uh, numerous colleagues of mine from my old job. And um, I can't say that necessarily they, I got work that way, um, but it's been a great ongoing professional relationship. And actually, I, I'm submitting a proposal with one of them um, shortly. I'm very excited to work with one of awesome. them. Awesome. Awesome. Project coming up, hopefully. Um, but, you know, I was also fortunate that, you know, I mentioned my mentors and role models, my dad and, and Dick Franz were able to give me some basic drafting projects just to help pay the bills for a while. Um, I joined BIE, the Building Industries Exchange, met some people that way. And, you know, it was just a matter of meeting people, meeting contractors, meeting, you know, property owners, making connections. And, you know, I'm not, as I told you, I'm not an outgoing person. So that was hard for me. Yeah. Um, definitely. It was, it was tough. I had to step way out of my comfort zone. But, you know, over time, you build up those connections and make meaningful relationships. And, you know, I've been lucky to get projects from personal referrals and repeat clients. And uh, it's been it's been really great. Awesome. And I, I like that you touched on the importance to you of networking and that relationship building part of it, because I, that's something we always really want to focus on here at the chamber is connecting people, connecting businesses and 
going beyond that initial connection so that relationships are forming so that, you know, different members can help each other's businesses grow. So it's it's great to hear you say how important that was for you. Um, we really want to, you know, always send that message out to our members, how important it is to build relationships with others. So thank you for sharing that. Um, what's right there? What'd you say? I'm sorry. Right there. Yeah. <laughs> um, one, if you could share one thing, um, what's you enjoy the most, what's most rewarding for you out of this work? You know, it goes back again to relationships, I think. Um, you know, I am personally invested in all of my projects. In fact, my husband and I joke, you know, we care about your project more than you do. I was on days and nights thinking about a design solution for your project because I want it to be great. I care a lot about your project. I care about you as a human, um, you know, and I feel like I'm relatable in that way. Um, it's not that I'm a particularly unique person, but, um, you know, I'm a business owner. I'm a homeowner. I have a family. I have pets, I have bills, you know, I am a person too. And I feel like I can relate to my clients um, on those really basic terms that we are all people and we all have needs and we all have issues. And um, I just, I want to help my clients to, to come up with a project that, that works for them over the long term. Uh, if they're not happy and they're not having fun in the project, I'm not either. So um, I try to keep it positive. I try to keep communicating as much as I can. Um, and I really treat my clients like they are a member of the team. I mean, I feel like it's critical. It's their project, it's not my project. I'm just providing the professional service. It's their project. I want them involved and um, I want their feedback and uh, we work together to make it a really successful project. We're coming up here towards the end of the show. So before we wrap up, could you share where everyone can find you? What social media platforms you're on? Sure. Uh, my website is uh, www.village-architecture.com. I am on Facebook. I am on Instagram. I am on um, Twitter. I am not super active on social media. I need to be better about that. But um, I do have information on all those platforms. And um, along with my 10th anniversary, I will be working on updating that website, redesigning my logo, rebranding. So uh, look now because before <laughs> you know it, it could be changing. Awesome. <laughs> all right, so as Danielle mentioned, uh, I want to take a moment to just thank you again, Jessica. We're coming up on uh, 1.30, so we will um, you know, conclude another session of Chamber Chat Live. Uh, I hope you enjoyed your time here. Pleasure. <laughs> it was, thank you so it was much. painless. <laughs> you made it wonderful. It's so nice to chat with. <laughs> well, and it is. It really is literally just as the name states. It really is just a chat. Uh, we're happy to promote you as a chamber member and tell your story and have people, again, find you on your website or on social media. Uh, again, you're, I think sometimes people think of architects at more of a professional level, but they are at the personal level as well. 
you know, as a as a residential homeowner, you know, and the services that you provide. So we hope our listeners today not only think of you if they have commercial needs, but also personal needs. So I uh, just want to thank you again for joining us today. I want to thank everybody who's uh, watching today, and we look forward to having you join us for our next show on Wednesday uh, at one o'clock. And a special thank you again to the Mission and Vision Partners for the Chamber. And uh, again, we look forward to another episode uh, on Wednesday, and that's all for now. We will see you then. Thank you for tuning in. Please like, turn on notifications, subscribe, or share. Want to be a guest? Email podcast at tricountyareachamber.com.